Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. What's up, y'all? Welcome on into the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. Wes Rucker, Ben McKee, Patrick Brown coming to you clockwise from one of the, the booths up here in the press area of Neyland Stadium. We're third-ranked Tennessee earlier today, uh, just about, I guess, an hour and a half or, or so ago as we're recording this. Went out there and took care of business. The third-ranked Vols trucked UT Martin, a, a solid FCS team, but an FCS team nonetheless, 65 to 24 uh, the Vols came out maybe one possession early on defensively, not so great. Other than that, took care of business, and I hope you all out there are taking care of your own business today. I hope you're having a good day. hope everything in your life is going great, but we are here to talk right now football. Ben, uh, I got to tell you, if Hendon Hooker stays in that game, I think, I think Tennessee may have dropped a Benjamin on there, and if I'm not mistaken, UT Martin's pants – Looked a little brown. <laughs> they, they pulled a Florida Gator uh, with, with, with the brown bit. stain there uh, in, in the, the butt region. Uh, yes, uh, it, it was an awesome day for the offense, as expected. It was a, a big day for the offense. Um, but that's what they should do uh, against these teams. I mean, there, there's NFL talent littered throughout the Tennessee offense. And, and I, I don't think I realized how much NFL talent was littered throughout the offense back in the preseason. I don't think any and, of us did. No. Uh, you, you knew – uh, Cedric Tillman, and even like Hendon, like we knew that he would get drafted. I didn't think that he would creep into second, third round territory. Uh, and, and who knows, maybe he sneaks into the back end of the first round. So that that's what this offense should do against FCS teams. UT Martin, a very good FCS program, more known for their offense, especially this season. Uh, and, and they did get some points there. But even with the defense, I wouldn't look too much into it. Because you, you were playing a walk-on at the beginning of the game in the secondary. And William Wright had a great interception. Uh, you, you have to give him credit for that. But he also oh, had a, some... It was a really nice break on the ball. Yes, uh, a, a great great play recognition uh, for, for sure. He talked about that after the game where uh, he said that it was a type of coverage where you, you sat back and kind of saw what was going on. And I forget the exact words uh, that, that he used. But uh, he, he credited Tim Banks for making a great defensive call there. And, and he took advantage. So aside from that, you were banged up in the secondary. You, and no offense to William Wright, at a place like Tennessee, you tweeted something along this line, these lines, Wes. Your second and third team should never have walk-ons. I mean, maybe one or two here and there. And there's far more than one or two on, on this Tennessee uh, football team just because of the, the debacle that was Jeremy yeah, Pruitt. Yeah, it shows to me like how much progress they've made, but still how much they yes. have to go in terms of building an actual yes. like roster. Yes, that, that's when you remember that Josh Heupel is midway through his second season. Their, their starters are really good, and they do have some spots where there is nice depth. But that, that's when you're reminded, when you look at the secondary and its lack of depth, that, oh, yeah, Josh Heifel is only midway through his second season. And, and you were also dealing with some injuries. Kamal Haddon did not play. 
Christian Charles did not play. Those are your two starting corners right now, in my opinion. You're already out Warren Burrell. Uh, and then there was Brandon Turnage, who who played good coverage, like two, yeah. three plays in a row, and then he hits his head or, or neck, uh, shoulder on the, the wall in the back of the end zone. So I, I would Which reach. constantly terrify me covering games in this stadium. Yes, and I'm surprised it we don't see it more often than, than we do. We saw it quite a bit today, but um, – so I wouldn't read too much into the 24 points is my overall opinion on the defense. They were playing guys that don't typically play. And even in playing them, they were playing way more snaps than they typically play. And I think that was by design. Get some of those veterans and guys that you're really going to lean on and play a lot of snaps these these next couple of weeks against Kentucky and Georgia. Let them have somewhat of a week off or a limited role. Like just now thinking about it, I don't really recall seeing Amari Thomas in the game a ton, just off the top of my head. So I think that was by design. So I wouldn't read into the 24 points uh, and, and then the offense. Uh, it did what it was supposed to do, and it was really fun to watch them do what they were supposed to do in the process. Yeah, Pat, you were, I think you, you, we, we've allowed you a couple minutes over there to, to munch on, finish that pizza that you were working on post game. What uh, What are your thoughts overall on this one? It, it, it was, I mean, I, I don't think that we need to make too much of it. It seemed to me like it was business taken care of. Yeah, gentlemen, I, that's that, that's what I would say. It, it, it went how you would think it's supposed to. I mean, Tennessee was uh, the number three ranked team in the country from the SEC playing an FCS team, um, and, and it was it was domination. There was not really any signs of a hangover, and, and, and has been pointed out, I think, William Wright, that was the interception. From that point on, it was a beatdown. So, that was the turning point. Um, a lot of the points were late in the second half. R- right. So, I mean, it was – I think Tennessee scored like 37 in a row between that play and – well, it was 14-7 at that point. But after it was 7-7 and uh, it was kind of – you know, there was a weird air, like, is this supposed to happen? I, I mean, so – uh, but from that point on, I mean, it, it went how you would expect it to where Tennessee got a big lead, got all their starters uh, out of the game early uh, for the most part. A lot of those guys, probably a lot of the starters probably didn't even play 50 snaps. Um, you got you got a chance to get uh, empty the bench, play the whole roster. And, and, and some of those guys need some some playing time. We saw a couple debuts out there with, with Chaz Nimrod playing for the first time. Brian Grant, the offensive tackle, yep. made his debut. Uh, we saw Miles Campbell for the first time in the season. Some of these guys need games like this for their development, and and they got a lot of playing time there in the second half. So, uh, and it wasn't great, you know. They gave a couple touchdown drives. There was a three and out with with Taven Jackson, and uh, when he got on the field first uh, for the first time, so um, a lot for those young guys to, to work on. But for a lot of them, it was either their first time playing at all or their first time playing since the Akron game. So, um, but important for them and important for Tennessee to to get some guys some rest. Uh, ben mentioned Haddon and, and Christian Charles. Uh, Josh Heupel saying after the game that they kind of were just basically, basically held out, just wanted to give them an extra week to get ready for the rest of the season. Uh, same thing with Brandon Turner. They obviously held him out after he uh, took the knock there. Uh, didn't, didn't need to risk him. So, um, yeah, it, it was all the things that you want from a game like this. Tennessee, I think, was was able to get done and uh, still had some standout performers too with, during that uh, second quarter blitz where they scored 31 points. Yeah, I think the, the, the couple things to note there are – just about everything that happened in the second half might have some bearing moving forward, like in terms of next year and some other things. I don't know that it really makes a huge difference right now. It could in one or two cases, it could some, some reps that guys could have gotten like, you'll wonder, I wondered anyway, whether Joe Milton should have not just go ahead and finish the game because he's one play away from being Tennessee starting quarterback. There's the two edges of that, right? You want to give him some work, but you also don't want to risk him. Yeah. And, and Uh, and I think that, and, and you, you know, you want to get Taven some work and, um, 
you know, I, I think with Milton, they know what they have. They, and they want to give him a few series to, to rev the cannon up a little bit and then move on. Yeah, and, and to, to, to put this into some kind of perspective, Tennessee's defense or offense, the first team <laughs> offense, I believe, had eight possessions in this game. Uh, seven were touchdowns. One was a field goal. None of them uh, did not produce points on the board. So I think we should probably keep some context there in terms of, you know, when Hendon Hooker comes out and says another day at the office, it, it was just another day at the office for those guys. Defensively, a couple of other things that, that maybe could have been better, even with the first team unit, but they had a lot of guys out there playing at a lot of points, their fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth cornerbacks. I mean, there, there's things that I think we need to keep in perspective there. When you see this game pop up on the schedule when it does, and you see, okay, whether the Alabama game, especially if you win the Alabama game, and then you got Kentucky coming in the next week, you got this team in the middle here, and you know you're almost always going to win no matter what, but you want to see what kind of maturity your team has. If this is a binary thing, yes or no, yes, I, they, they passed the test today. They were mature. They came out, they took care of business, and they did what they needed to do. Yeah, and, and I think this team has been focused and been able to manage each week as it comes all season because they've been consistent. You know, um, it, It's easy to get up for, for big games when you have them, and Tennessee's had a lot of big games, and uh, it doesn't look like in any of those games the, the pressure or the moment has been too big for this team. So, um, And this week wasn't too, too much of a challenge either where they were able to reset it's hard to do. I mean, I'm sure a lot of the fans out there were watching clips of the, the field goal against Alabama, the celebrations, looking through pictures, watching the highlights. I'm sure a lot of y'all out there probably have watched the game two or three more times since last Saturday. But as a player and a coach, you got to move on and, and, and get to your next business. And I think it's easy to move on when you're seven and zero or six and zero and, and rank third and have everything still out in front of you to play for. Um, as Hendon Hooker said, this team has a chip on its shoulder. It wants to keep getting better, and it's easy to do that when you still have a lot to play for, and you're driven by uh, wanting to win. You know, win championships is what this team is, is set out, and, and they're not really hidden uh, from that being their goal. But um, I will say this about the defense: you look at the first half. Um, I think they had nine drives. UT Martin. I think they had five three and outs, and then two turnovers in there. They definitely um, had. Well, really, they had three if you count turnovers on downs. Cause yeah, okay, that was the fourth down stop. That was the, other one I, that was the other one I could remember. So, I mean, they had about 150 yards, and uh, over half of that came on – or almost half of that came on on two plays where they took downfield shots uh, to uh, Colton Dowell, who's their best receiver. I mean, mm-hmm. this is a UT Martin team that was – I mean, they're, I think, sixth in, in the FCS in offense. They're around top ten in scoring, so they yeah, can put up second points. Second-round playoff team last year. They can play. Right, and they're probably going to win their league and get in the playoffs again this year. So – um, you know, this, this wasn't one of the, the really bad FCS teams that we've seen roll in here. Um, now, does that mean you should be giving up big plays to them? Maybe not. But again, you're playing your sixth and seventh cornerback as a walk on. And, you know, it kind of made me chuckle that your coaches say all the time, oh, well, well those guys are on scholarship, too. Well, <laughs> not, well, al- not. <laughs> not always. Uh, he, he probably working his way to getting a scholarship, though. But, um, yeah, I mean, Tennessee was able to just, you know, get uh, get done what it needed to get done in this game. Um, you know, Hooker played long enough to make the stat line look good for his Heisman campaign. Jalen Hyatt stayed on fire. We got to see Princeton Fant do a little bit of everything. It's a shame he dropped the touchdown pass. Man, he would have had the Dobbs special, I think, would, if he had done yeah, that. Yeah, he would have had a touchdown four to three different ways. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, he looks great as a fullback. And you know, My he, God, he, maybe an NFL fullback, man. He, There's only like five teams that use and, one, but good grief. And he he, he threw one pretty good to, to Jalen Hyatt on a double pass. So, uh, And it's funny because I remember watching during pregames, he was kind of soft-tossing the ball 50 yards out early when the team had just gotten there. I'm like, I saw somebody chuck one 50 yards. I'm like, who is that? And I was like, oh, it's Fant. So I was surprised. If you've ever seen him, I mean, he looks like a Greek god. 
Yeah, he, <laughs> he, he's he got to be top five in terms of guys you want coming off the bus right. first. Right. So, um, you know, fun to see that stuff today. And But, yeah, as a main takeaway, Tennessee just kind of did what it needed to do. And uh, you move on. But I do think they needed a game like this. You know, you have so many of these big games that are emotional and draining. And, um, you know, Tennessee's had three of them in four weeks with – uh, Florida, LSU, Alabama, you know, some of these games seem larger than life sometimes and uh, with all the attention and, and, and there's going to be more of those, but I think Tennessee needed a game where uh, get up big, get your starters out, play a lot of the younger guys and, and move on. Yeah. This was the, uh, the palate cleanser in the middle of that sort of meat grinder portion of the schedule. This was the, you know, if things weren't going well, it's the get right game. If things are going well, it's the get healthy game. And, you know, I always ask those five questions going into every game. And this week, one of them to me was, will you leave Neyland Stadium healthier as a team than you left Neyland Stadium seven days ago? I think they probably did. I don't know that for sure. But I know that the guys who, like the guys who you absolutely could not afford to lose in a game like this, your Hendon Hookers, Jabari Smalls, Byron Young, Omari Thomas, those types of guys, they all came out of this okay as far as I can tell. So you never want injuries at all, but I think there's probably a list, if we're being honest, of this team, maybe about half a dozen guys who, because of either the position they play or how good they are, you just really can't afford to lose them or it changes things. And I think none of those guys got hurt today. Yes, and that was the most important thing about today's game. And unfortunately, you, you can't really do anything to prevent that uh, full-heartedly. Obviously, you can limit the amount of reps that guys get. And you saw that with Jabari Small, Omari Thomas, Byron Young. Hendon Hooker was out of the game with three minutes to go in, in the first half. And Despite dealing. I mean, yes. dealing today. Yes. And obviously, he's able to come out with three minutes to go in the first half because the offense was clicking on all cylinders from the jump. Um, but the, the pitch count. A lot of the important guys that you're talking about, Wes, they, they were on pitch counts today, and, and that was very important. So, so you can try to avoid major injury in, in that capacity, but as we saw against Akron, even even though Hendon only played a quarter and a half, there's still risk for injury in that mm-hmm. quarter, quarter and a half. So a lot of it is luck is, is the point that I'm making, and you just kind of hope and pray that you come out healthy, as you two are discussing, and for the most part, it appears that Tennessee did. And to answer your question, I think they are a healthier football team because Cedric Tillman, he did not play today. There's no need to play him. I, I do know that he looked better in practice this week, mm-hmm. and uh, they're feeling more and more comfortable uh, about him playing against Kentucky. And, and it seems like he'll be able to play against Kentucky, but there's no need to play him today. And, and as a result of that, he is a week healthier for the Kentucky game. Uh, and also, there were so many other guys that, that were held out as well. Gerald Mincy's kind of been hampered by an injury this week. Allows him to get healthier. The corners that we discussed, Christian Charles, uh, Kamal Haddon, who's dealing with a hamstring injury. Theoretically, those two are healthier. So to answer your overall question, the answer is yes. They, they are a healthier football team, which is what you want against these types of opponents. FCS opponents or the, the lower, t- lower tier non-Power 5 opponents, you, you want to treat them somewhat as a as a bye week. And that's essentially what this week was. And before we go to break here, the last thing I'll say is that I got kind of a chuckle out of it, but late, you know, somewhere maybe mid midpoint of the third quarter when Tennessee was even like, okay, even some second teamers, you're done for the day. And they were pretty much going with threes, maybe even some fours, whatever you want to call it down the stretch. And I saw not a majority, not even a really small 
not even a large minority, but there was a few people who started to kind of grumble a little bit about like third and fourth team guys and how there was what, not enough depth and are they coaching these guys up? And I was thinking, if this is the stuff people are complaining about, this is what it sounded like about 15 or so years ago. That's where you want to be. You want to be at a point as a program. Look at your, you know, some of your Alabamas, your Georgias. They have so many games where you see their discussions of their fans and they're like, yeah, I mean, I just don't know about that. You know, that third team linebacker, I just, I thought he'd be better. And uh, what, what's wrong with him? They're not coaching him up. Or why is this quarterback? Yeah, why why can't Willie Martin get William Wright to play better? Yeah. I mean, that, that's, that's, I mean, you hear those things and you kind of roll your eyes a little bit, but you also think, you know, that's kind of where you want to be. You want to be at a spot where people are not complaining about like the first team. Cause it's like, okay, the first team could have run the ball better today. That's, that's obviously something that you look at the numbers that could have been a little better, but you're having to really pick at things with the kind of the first team offense there, especially that's where you want to be, Pat. Yeah. I don't know. Nobody needs to be complaining about Tennessee's offense. If you do, you're, you're, you're a moron. Yeah. Uh, I do want to give one guy some, a shout out. Let's give a shout out to squirrel white. It's a couple, couple nice plays today. Squirrel. Um, one from Hinden hooker on a ball that like stayed up in the air for an age. It was yeah. apparently windy down there. The the goal the goalpost flags were were whipping around a little bit uh, early in the game, and and Hooker had a couple of deep throws that kind of fluttered. Uh, one one that Jalen Hyatt made a great adjustment on, and, and that just shows to me how much Hyatt is kind of well rounded his game to be able to to make a play like that. Because first couple of years, I don't know if he does, um, but uh, yeah, Squirrel makes a great play there, and then gets the one from Milton for his first touchdown. I think he finished with over a hundred yards in the game, so. Um, a young guy that, that did play well, um, and, and certainly uh, I, th- I think a guy that, that looks to have a promising future. Yes, he does. And, and there's a couple other interesting things. You wonder about a game like this, how many interesting things do you have to talk about? I think we have at least a couple of more interesting things to talk about, but we're going to take a break before we get to those things. We're slightly overdue for it. So let's uh, step away for just a second, pay some bills, listen to some products, services, in-house ads, etc., and then we'll be right back here on the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. Hashtag ad. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24/7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast this episode is brought to you by progressive insurance whether you love true crime or comedy celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue 
And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. Welcome back to the Go Balls 24-7 podcast brought to you by whatever products, services, and in-house ads you just heard a moment ago during that commercial break. Wes Rucker, Patrick Brown, and Ben McKee, counterclockwise, coming to you from one of the booths up here at Neyland Stadium where third-ranked Tennessee uh, has trucked UT Martin, as expected, in this game. Uh, 65 to 24, probably could have been 80, 90, 100 if they really had wanted it to be. Uh, despite the balls uh, taking a deep shot there on the final play of the game, which, interesting, very interesting there. Um, but it was, in fairness, a fourth-team quarterback throwing to a fourth-team wide receiver. So let's not maybe get too bent out of shape about it. Nonetheless, interesting because they had been running clock, and then they were like, okay, screw it, let's take one shot in the end zone. So some interesting things to discuss, I think, more globally about this team and where things are. But before we do that, guys, just a quick request from our end. If you could take about a minute out of your day right now, maybe 60 seconds, 95 seconds, 75, 90, if I can get my numbers right, a small amount of time to go in there and rate and review this podcast and hit the subscribe button and subscribe to this podcast, we sure would appreciate it. If you're just listening on the website, we love you. Nothing wrong with that. No wrong way to consume the Go Walls 24-7 podcast. What helps us out the most, though, is if you go in there, whether you're on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, iHeart, TuneIn, Stitcher, anywhere in the world you can cast a fine pod, you can find this Go Walls 24-7 podcast. We do this for free. We are happy to do it. It's a labor of love. Very few complaints from our end. You never want to say no complaints, maybe a few, but very, very few complaints from our end. And since we do it for free, I don't think it's too much to ask to go in there, rate, review, subscribe, and tell your friends. Tell people to see you at church. Uh, tomorrow, if you're a Sunday churchgoer, tell people that you see uh, on, at the golf course. If you're a Sunday golf player, uh, if you're walking the dog, you're taking the missus out on Sunday, you see some people wearing orange, tell them about it and be like, listen, I, I don't have many friends and I want you to be my friend, but I, I like Tennessee. You like Tennessee. Why don't you listen to the Go Vols 24-7 podcast? That's called an icebreaker, ladies and gentlemen, and it just might change your life. So help yourselves. Help us. If you're already doing all those things, thank you. We love you. If not, I award you no points and may God have mercy on your soul. Guys, back to business. I think there's a couple of interesting things from this game to talk about kind of moving forward. One of them just sort of incidentally is I know a lot of people got really excited when the Kentucky game was announced as a night game, right? You think about night games at Neyland under the lights, you get the light show, you get the fireworks all the time, the, all these new fancy new lights they've paid for right across the way over there. Lots of fun things about it. And historically, most teams play better at home under the lights. But with this Tennessee football team, especially offensively, the way they play in these noon games, I tell you guys, nobody loves them really. Uh, some, some people do. I know Grant Ramey loves them. Some of us do not. Um, but, uh, you, you know, the way they come out, they practice in the morning and they have some type of got here. And they come out in these noon games, and it's like, dude, they're locked in. I mean, it's almost like you'd rather be one of these big team t- 10 teams that plays every week at noon because look what you can do offensively with this bunch. I don't think it matters when they play. Uh, you don't think that it matters that every noon game the past couple of years they've come out and smoked somebody? 
No, because they smoke everybody offensively, <laughs> whether the game's a night game at 3.30. I mean, they put up 52 on freaking Alabama last weekend at, at 3.30. Uh, and I guess they haven't played a night game. I guess they played Akron at, that, at night. That would still be the morning in Hawaii. Yes, it, it, it would. You are very correct in, in saying that. They also put up 60 on Akron. That was a night game earlier this season. Th- this offense is just ridiculously good. And some of the statistics out there – uh, just kind of leave you at a loss for word. Bill Martin, Tennessee's SID, had a, a great stat uh, that he tweeted out during the game. Uh, Tennessee, at, at the time of this tweet, so I don't know how many points Tennessee scored after Bill's tweet, but uh, Tennessee at this point had scored 344 points. In the third quarter of Game 7 on the season, and that's more points than the entire 2020 2019, 18, 17, and 13 seasons, which is absolutely absurd because, again, third quarter of game number seven, Jalen Hyatt has 12 touchdowns through seven games and is one touchdown away from tying Marcus Nash's program record for touchdowns And you in think season. about how many wide receivers have played here. My goodness. Yes. At one point, Tennessee was wide receiver. Legitimately, unit. yes. And even – even over the last decade or so, when they haven't been that great, they, they've had a couple of really nice receivers come through the program. So I, I I understand and I agree overall with what you're saying, Wes. But offensively, I just don't think it matters. I, I don't think it matters if it's a home game, away game, a neutral site game. I don't I don't think it matters if it's a fringe top twenty five team or Alabama. I, I don't think it, there's a team in the country that unless Tennessee beats itself. That can just flat out whip Tennessee. I don't. I don't think it, it can. So again, I, I agree with the overall point. I just think this offense is is so silly good that it, it doesn't matter what time they play. Yeah, Pat. I, I want to get your thoughts on this too because I, I, I looking back on it because I know there's some games where I'll go back and rewatch things, and some games where I'm like, nah, there's 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 too many other crazy things to do. You're you're really good about every week going back and rewatching, and so is Ben. Both of you all, without question, go back and watch just about all of them. Uh, it's probably about time I need to just stop you right there. Confess, I've not really uh, – I've really? gone back and watched extended highlights of games. This, Fatherhood this changing all of us, is it? It's no, changing me it's for just, sure. I'm it's, not I've lie. sort of changed the process of the week up, and uh, with, the, with the film breakdown I do, I, I generally just stick to the – the ones that I'm going to do on that one. The bit you're like, put a pin right. in that one. I'm going to remember that one. Right. Um, <laughs> I know. Okay. Then, then Ben definitely doesn't. But, but like, my point was this because you still go back. Well, of course, Ben only has one kid, so he's got way more time than I do. That, that's true. Wait, welcome to the one, the one, the one kid club, Ben. But when, when you look at this, but I'm not going to go watch back. I, even if I was watching every game, I'm, I'm not. I don't know. That I'm going to go back and watch this. But, one. but when it's you classic. go back and then, then when, then let's go back in the time machine and think about it. When you think about what this team has done offensively this season, because when I've gone back and watched it, I don't know that I found a single drive where Tennessee did not score points and it was just the other team playing better. Every time this offense, every drive where they don't kick themselves in the face, they put points on the board. And I don't know that I can ever recall seeing anything like it because they just if they don't get like a holding penalty or a drop pass or a turnover or, or a turnover like that's not just like a turnover where the guy just pulls the lawnmower and makes a great play i mean it's just times where you know the ball's thrown to the wrong place or the running back's not paying attention or something like that the bad mesh point that they just this thing is unbelievable offensively yeah and, and the crazy thing about it is it's not like super complicated no 
Seems uh, that and, way. And they do it, a lot of the same stuff. I and mean, something they've done really, really well this year is they, they'll send a guy in motion right before the snap. And the de- it's it's so quick and, and the you know defenses can't communicate who has who and they turn somebody loose. It's happened in almost like every game this year. Um, but you also see every week they'll have little wrinkles. You know, they've, they've expanded their under center, uh, what they can do out of that. Now they've got in, you know, inside handoffs and we've seen an end around and uh, they've thrown a pass out of it. And um, there's different, you know, today they had the double pass. You know, they, they had sort of a, I think they hit Keaton on a, on when they faked a screen and threw it behind it. They've tried that a couple games, hasn't worked. I, I remember against Pitt, they were trying to set that up a little bit because they throw, so many of these quick passes out there just um, that, that if you can pump it and get you know, get the guy that's supposed to be throwing the block and he sort of leaks out and gets behind, but that, that's what happened today. It, it worked. But, um, you know, the, the, the play last week with Hyatt coming across the formation on that third down play where they sort of fake you know, misdirection thing, they, they do a lot of different wrinkles for each game. But at the base of it, it's very simple. Um, and what's making it work is, first of all, the guys on the outside are playing at a very high level right now. Um, with, with what Jalen Hyatt's doing, you know, Ramel Keaton has done a great job. I don't think we've mentioned him. He's, he's, I think he's about to hand the reins back over to Cedric but Tillman. He's, he's just let them run the offense the way they would right. if Tillman had and, been in there. And, you know, Brew McCoy had his a couple games, had his big couple games. He's been a little quieter the last two. Um, but he, again, he made the big play at the end of the game against Alabama. And obviously the guy at the controls is the main reason. And, and, and that's not to say that the receivers haven't improved. You know, Jalen Hyatt's obviously taking, taking big strides. His offensive line is better. Um, you know, that, that left tackle position has not really been the concern that we thought it might be going into the season. Today mm-hmm. it, was, it was Jeremiah Crawford that, that played most of, mm-hmm. um, you know, the one reps. I think Dane Davis was in there late in the first half um, and, and, you know, with Gerald Mincy being out. So, um, yeah, th- this offense is not complicated, but something that, you know, going back and watching games, it's, it's something you, you watch what they did last year, you see what they did this year. They have thrown wrinkles. They have evolved. They have more that they can go to. And something that Heupel mentioned and talk about what Princeton Fant did today is that they just know their players. They know Princeton Fant can carry the ball and look like a running back because he played it before, but then you see it over time in practice. You see him just messing around throwing a football. Hey, let's let the guy throw a double pass because yeah. he can't. Yeah, it's like you're it, – you right. maybe you could even be watching like practice film from like up at the All-22 and you see him over there goofing around throwing with guys. And you're like, he's right. put that ball 65 yards in the air. <laughs> let's try that. <laughs> right, so – um, yeah, I mean, these guys just, they, they know how to coach offense and that's, you know, maybe that's not the surprise because we knew Heupel when he came in here and, and Alex Golish, they had, you know, they had, they were putting up a lot of points at UCF, but, uh, something you did mention is that like, even early on in the season when they were leaving points on the field, it was like, they were, they were kind of messing up themselves and weren't really getting stopped. And, um, it, it just kind of makes me laugh because there were a lot of people probably in other SEC fan bases coming into the season, like, oh, second year in the league coordinators are going to figure it out. Well, they sure as hell haven't. That's for sure. Um, so, and, and I think we looked it up. I think I think they've scored more in what nineteen and a half games under this staff than they did in three seasons under Jeremy Pruitt. Yes, I'll that, just leave. I'll just leave that there. Yeah, and I think what's interesting to me, Ben, is that I, I would love, and I, and I bet the, the I, I'm I'm I've tried to make some inroads and in, and in, and set this thing up before where we can actually have this conversation, but I think. They have some sort of trade secrets offensively they really don't like to talk about, which makes sense because this is a cutthroat, competitive, nasty world. But I would love to sit there and talk about like game theory with these guys on what they're doing because, and I've heard Golish say this two or three different times, is that as a coordinator, if you're not thinking four or five plays ahead at least, then what are you doing? Which, because I think a lot of us think like, 
okay, this is what you got to do in this situation, that situation. It's almost like he's got two different or three different streams running at all times being like, okay, we're, or hypo too, like we're going to call this now. But the reason we're calling this is even if this doesn't work, we're going to do this two or three times because we know that at some point in the next 10 minutes, we're going to set this up again and you're going to fall for it. And we got a dude running 30 yards behind you. I, it, it's not like I want to give full credit to the players because I think the skill players here are good. As you bet set off the top, Ben, more NFL prospects on this offense, especially than we thought there were. And some of the ones that we thought were NFL prospects, maybe even better prospects than we thought. But I think a lot of this, I mean, you can't get guys that wide open without scheme because I know they've got guys, but we're not talking like last year's Georgia defense where the entire thing's like a first round draft pick. These are good players, but they're getting so wide open all the time that I would love to figure out how the hell they're doing this. I'm sure other coordinators, defensive coordinators would too. Yes, they, they don't get enough credit for, for how good they are X's and, and O's wise. And, and it took me a while to – to I've always known that Josh Heupel and Alex Golish and Joey Hosley and the rest of the offensive staff, I knew that they were good coaches. Uh, we, we saw that last year. But I, I even think it wasn't until the first month of this season that it really sank in to my head and brain that – these dudes scheme everybody up, and it's and the point that I'm really making is everybody when they first kind of watch the offense and find out about the offense, they just all chalk it up to the tempo, and and the tempo is why they are able to have success simply because the defense isn't getting lined up correctly, and, and that obviously plays a role. There's a reason that they do it. Defenses do struggle to get lined up correctly, and as a result, that leads to coverage busts and, and whatnot uh, and malfunctions in the brain. That That is absolutely a part of it. But this year, really this year, I think you've been able to, to see the difference of having the offense installed versus having the offense installed, players understanding the offense, and then being able to, to run things off of the base offense, so to speak. Because you see – Week in and week out, Tennessee getting these favorable matchups, understanding, just simply understanding that Jalen Hyatt has world-class speed. Let's get him matched up on a safety. Let him run by the safety. It's really that simple. And I think that's what they do such a great job of is, is getting these one-on-one matchups on the perimeter, which also confuses the defense on top of the tempo. But, I mean, you've seen different variations of formations that we did not see last year. Uh, today with the double pass from Princeton Fant uh, to Jalen Hyatt. Uh, th- there's been times with Jacob Warren down the seam, down the middle, a pop pass of, of sorts. You've seen so many different variations. There's one today, uh, Patrick, I think, where the somebody came in motion and, and Jalen Wright took the ball on third and nine and ran for a, a first down. There, there's so many different variations to this offense. The, the shovel pass on the two-point conversions that, that, that has worked twice now this season. It's not just hurry up and get to the line of scrimmage, snap it before the defense is set. That's part of it, but I think these coaches do do such a great job of of X's and O's and, and, and creating these matchups. I, I don't ever really recall seeing motion last year. We, we've seen it a lot lately. A lot more this year. Yeah, a lot more. Sure. We, I'm not saying that it was a foreign concept last year, but we've seen it a lot more this year. We've seen more passes over the middle of the field. Jason Swain and I spoke all summer all winter are, are they going to make adjustments to where it's not just the, a deep ball or a curl you know your, your two or three basic routes there, there's so much more in the route tree it, it seems now that that they're utilizing and uh, i 
obviously I see it every day, so it's different for me. But I, I also think that SEC media members and national media members are also in the mindset of, okay, it's not just tempo. These dudes actually know how to coach coach these guys up and get them in favorable matchups and not just utilize the tempo. Yeah, any time that you get as open as they consistently get, if you are a football coach or a national media member and you're not paying attention to that, you are flat out not doing your job. That's like dereliction of duty. If you want to understand football and want to understand why they're able to do what they do, because it is like if they had a bunch of scrubs out there, it wouldn't work. They have good players, but you just, it's just, it's not just talent because they do things like they will set something up and in their heads, they're thinking, okay, a defense, if we do this two or three times, they're going to have to do this because if they don't do this, they can't stop what we're trying to do. But the whole time, what we're doing is really setting up for something they're not expecting. And it's just like they're, they're ahead of the game. And at some point I'm sure defenses will start to get a better grasp of it. That's just how football goes. You know, someone's going to figure it out right at some point. Um, Like uh, Narduzzi, for example, has done a better job than most coaches against this stuff. But I, I do think it's just worth noting that I don't know that they're getting enough credit for what they do offensively. Because teams use it against them in recruiting. They say it's a simple stuff. It's not NFL stuff. People aren't going to – well, I mean, what about Gabe Davis and those guys that are in the NFL right now? They seem to be doing quite fine. And, and so I think it's just sort of we're going to have to rethink the way that, that people talk about this stuff because they are really good. Yeah, and, and it's got to be fun, right? I mean, if you're a wide receiver recruit, why wouldn't you watch what Jalen Hyatt's doing, catch a seven touchdowns in two games and – has 12 touchdowns in seven games this season. Is about to break the record uh, that Marcus Nash said in, in 1997. I mean, why why wouldn't you want to come and play for this if you're a, you know a quarterback? They've got a pretty good one committed, so obviously it's very attractive to come play in this offense and and learn from these guys. And, and to that note, uh, our Chris Hummer was is one of our national guys. Wrote a really nice story on on Hendon Hooker on Friday on on 24/7 Sports and and talked to uh, Hendon's dad Allen, who played quarterback at North Carolina A&T and. One of the money quotes in that story was uh, and his dad saying pretty much God bless any quarterback that gets four years with, with Josh Heupel and the staff. And uh, it, it's clearly to see what it's clear to see what they've done with hooker and, and a season and a half. The results are, are incredible. Um, and, and certainly even uh, you can throw Joe Milton in there. I know we haven't seen him do it against uh, maybe legit competition, but if people can't see the improvement there, that it's, they just don't want to look at it. They don't want right, to see it. Right. So, um, it, it, you can see what those what they've done with those guys in a year and a half. Just think what they're going to do when they get their own guys here, uh, and maybe get them for a little bit longer period of time. But um, yeah, I mean these you know these, these coaches are doing a good job. I mean it's it's player development too. I think you're seeing that. I think you're seeing scheme and X's and O's, and particularly with this offense. Um, I know Tim Banks gets a lot of heat sometimes, but I I think he's done a really good job this year too with what they have and and playing to their strengths and and just trying to hold on with the weaknesses. Um, and, and it's easy to say that because they're 7-0 and sit at number three in the country and, and still have everything to play for. I agree, and we don't have anything to really say about Kentucky yet because uh, from this week anyway, because Kentucky did not play uh, today. Kentucky got rested. So we know Kentucky should be a healthier team than it was a week ago, which is why it's even – Kentucky had an open date. Tennessee basically had an open date. Yeah, t- so, so both teams have had a nice week to, to freshen up in some ways. Uh, and get a look at each other. I know that that game means a lot to the people up there, to the guys in that program. That would change things quickly for them uh, in a good way if they were able to pull that one off. Um, but we will see. There's a lot to discuss about that game. 
Uh, I still don't know that Kentucky can can score enough points to beat Tennessee at the end of the day, um, but we'll see. It's a big game. It's a rivalry. You never know, and we'll have an entire week to discuss it. But for now, uh, we can wrap this up by saying uh, Tennessee offense, fun. Tennessee came out of this game pretty healthy. Mission accomplished. Move on to the next, right? Is that probably a way to put it? Yes, that, that is a great way. They handled business. Uh, I've, I've said it multiple times this year. Against these type of teams, you, you just want to, to win the way that Tennessee did today. And, and to me, that's the, that's the mark of a good football team. Yeah, put that baby to bed early, which uh, my wife and I try to do all week with our son, and he just hasn't wanted to do it. So uh, if you're listening, Hank, first off, learn how to speak. You don't know how to do that yet. But then learn how to go to sleep, bud. So, uh, guys, thanks for, thanks for being here, and uh, we will see you soon. See you next weekend, Wesley. Bye. There's that button. And now I can say thank you for listening to this edition of the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. Guys, thank you. Thank you for listening. We always say that, but we always mean it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. You can find all of us on social media. I'm Wes Rucker 24-7 on Twitter. Grant Ramey is Grant Ramey on Twitter. Patrick Brown is P. Brown 24-7 on Twitter. Ryan Callahan is Ryan Callahan 24-7 on Twitter. And Ben McKee is Ben McKee 14 on Twitter. You can also go uh, to twitter.com slash govals247 and facebook.com slash govals247 to get all of the stuff there or most of the stuff there. We got stuff on there that we update throughout the day, all day, every day, tons of stuff on there, all good stuff. But if you want that best, most delicious, that sparkling, delicious, crystal clear East Tennessee Smoky Mountain Spring Water right from the tap. Go directly to GoBalls247.com, the best site on all of Al Gore's internets to get coverage of Tennessee football, football recruiting, basketball, basketball recruiting, Tennessee baseball coverage. We cover Tennessee baseball better than anybody out there. We got that for you. We got Lady Vols coverage with award-winning Maria Cornelius, who covers all things Lady Vols for us. You also get administration news. Basically, anytime anything happens over there at the University of Tennessee, we bring it to you at GoVols247.com. We also have two forms that run around the clock, the checkerboard and the summit, where you can go and discuss uh, anything you want that is not political or religious in nature, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and we will be there to discuss it with you. Just about one of us is up just about all the time, at least, so you can go in there and do that. And you can get all of that for less than the price of one mediocre lunch per month, and that's after a free trial, and that's always. A lot of times we have better deals than that, but at least we have the seven-day free trial, and then you can start paying us. And when you start paying us, again, which is less than the price of one mediocre lunch per month, if you do that, you get access in perpetuity to Paramount Plus, which is the streaming arm of CBS, Viacom, Paramount, all of it, get all of it right there. And it's, I mean, you got stuff, brand new movies, exclusive movies, exclusive shows. You get stuff from the vaults of uh, Smithsonian, Nickelodeon, MTV, BET, Comedy Central, all of it. And obviously everything CBS has ever done commercial free. That's a $100 plus annual value that we'll put in your pocket for nothing. For nothing. So we're giving you several hundred dollars worth of stuff for less than 100 bucks a year. Guys, that is an unbelievable deal. So please, this is a great time. Go take advantage of that now. Uh, if you haven't heard from us uh, from a couple days, there's been a problem. We should be back here uh, in, in a couple days or so. You'll hear from us very, very shortly. Until then, guys, be good to each other. Be decent to each other. Please, there's not nearly enough of that in our world anymore. God, we are so mean to each other. Have some basic human empathy. 
Allow people their dignity. Try to be kind. Be good to each other. Until then, be good, guys. See you. Where's Wes at? I, he already put my comments out there, so <laughs> he, he had direct quotes. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.